Welcome back, everybody. It is, well, it's the middle of May, and it has been, well, it was a quiet week, and then it got a little crazy. And uh, you can, as always, you can find the timestamps in the description down below if you want to jump around, or you can hang out for the entire time. It is up to you. Choose your own adventure. But um, kicking things off here, heads up, next week I'm going to be in Miami, Florida for a conference. Uh, we're going to be doing a meetup on, I believe, Tuesday, if you're down in that locale and want to come hang out and have a few drinks. Um, and if you're not there... Then we will be at Shift Happens in June, which is taking place in Washington, D.C. That is happening in the middle of June. You can also find that link in the description below, where we will also be doing meetups. You can actually attend the conference if you want. I've got some free passes and uh, all that good stuff. But as I said, crazy week this week on a couple different fronts. There's a lot of gaming news and a, and a lot of gaming digestion that must go on. But before we get into that, uh, another day, essentially another major Intel bug that is affecting the performance of your CPU. This is such a big deal that Microsoft was releasing a patch also for Windows XP because nation states, once again, are taking advantage of an exploit uh, potentially available on Intel processors. And so, yeah. You're going to be getting a patch, and it's going to be doing some stuff to your processor, and it's going to be basically lowering the performance in some instances uh, for some people. And it's not across the board, but it is, once again, Intel dropping the ball um, on some little speculation and some other stuff. I'm not a major security guru. Just know that you're going to be getting a patch if you haven't gotten it already. And, yeah, so make sure you install that stuff. Although, candidly, most people listening to this probably aren't a target of this type of stuff, but if you retain sensitive data on a server, you very well could be. Uh, my buddy Paul scooped up that Windows 10 is now on 825 million devices, or active on 825 million devices. Uh, Microsoft actually, uh, somebody put out a slide that said 900 million, and Microsoft actually corrected that, which was really awkward because that was a, a slide from Microsoft's developer conference in a private session. Anyways, uh, 825 million is the number you need to know, and that's how many people are running Windows 10 every single month, which is a sizable number. Um, other things happening on the enterprise side, Microsoft Teams will soon allow you, uh, well, you, I guess if you're a developer, you very well could. You're gonna, they're going to allow you to sell the extensibility applications. So what I mean by that is if you're using Teams, you can add apps through a store, and Microsoft soon is going to let you be able to sell those individually. This is going to be major for independent uh, software vendors or ISVs as Microsoft refers to them. Basically, it's another way for companies to monetize uh, Teams. You can add extensions through ex the extensibility model, and then Microsoft will take a little cut off the top. We don't know how much yet. And then, bada bing, bada boom, you sell your application and inside of Teams and all that good stuff. Microsoft says that that little bit that they're scraping off the top will be used to incentivize ISVs to actually sell Teams. What they're expecting, honestly, here is that uh, these these independent software vendors will be packaging this stuff up for different markets. So like they could create a version of teams that is customized for lawyers and, and customized for healthcare and customized for schools, and then be able to sell all that at a nice neat package. Currently you can't really do that today easily. And so look for that to be happening sometime this summer. And so here we go, guys, the big news of the week. And yesterday I did a hot take of, uh, of the announcement, but those for those who aren't aware, Sony and Microsoft have signed a joint agreement, and, and I'm using that word carefully, joint agreement, where Sony will be using Microsoft Azure for its cloud-related services. Now, the PR and everything else that came around about this made this really seem like this is a joint agreement because Sony is going to be providing some technology for some certain Microsoft services and all that stuff. 
But this is a major deal because one of the missing pieces of the Sony puzzle for the next generation and beyond, candidly, is the cloud streaming and cloud component of it, right? We, I've talked about this a hundred times. They don't have a cloud infrastructure. They don't have AWS. They don't have a Google Cloud. They don't have Azure. So they had to do something. They had to make a big bet. And everyone else, myself included, just kind of thought, hey, they're going to go AWS, maybe Google Cloud or something like that. They're not going to go Microsoft. Why would they? Right, Xbox and PlayStation, they're you know they're whatever. But this this is a big deal because what they've announced too, aside from the other enterprise stuff, is that these two companies are going to be working closer together for that next generation gaming content and cloud services. Which means that you know friends and enemies on one side, but behind the scenes, they're also going to be working together. Now, I realistically think that Microsoft is the big winner here. Primarily because Sony clearly could have gone to AWS or Google Cloud. And they, it's obvious that they looked at what Microsoft is building and said, hey, that is the best available and that's where we need to be. We can't, you know, they can't ignore the fact that Xbox runs on it. But at the same time, I don't think that it's a major threat to Sony's overall business at the end of the day of the gaming world, right? They're running on Azure. All, as long as they're building a good quality service, they already have, what is it, 100 million PlayStations sold. That is not going to slow down because they're now using Azure, especially if they have a good service. So for Microsoft, they're getting right, their biggest competitor in the gaming space is now using their cloud. So they're obviously going to make some money from that. They're also getting help from them uh, to build out these cloud services because obviously Sony knows a lot about gaming. But at the end of the day, I think Microsoft is the big winner here because this is all running on their hardware and their metal. Now, the question has come up, does, does this mean that Sony is putting PlayStations, much like the xCloud services, in the Azure data centers? I would be extremely shocked if that is actually the case, because Microsoft is very particular about the hardware and who even has access. And I can't imagine them just loading racks of PlayStations in. It, it just doesn't seem right. Part of me wonders, you know, thinking out loud here, we already know that Microsoft is working to move console games, that, not the console gaming experience, but console games closer to basically what a PC is. And we know that Sony is also using an AMD processor and Navi. Granted, they have some custom storage and, and some other things, but that doesn't really matter in the PC space. So I'm wondering if they looked at this and said, hey, we're basically both building PC games. Why don't we combine forces, build something really awesome? You know, we can each do our own thing on the licensing and IP side and whatever behind the scenes will work together. We see this in other industries, such as the self car, self driving car industry where yes these companies compete but it's better to pool resources to build something for next generation because it's so expensive to do that well that's not a perfect analogy because i do think microsoft is the long-term winner here because again they are they own the cloud that is running them it is possible that sony could walk up and or stand up and walk away from this 10 years from now or something like that although i suspect that that is probably not an easy thing to do uh anybody who's ever done a migration especially going from like azure um, to AWS because AWS has its own like kind of layout and design and all that stuff. It's not all that easy. And so, um, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to watch here how this plays out. It, it's still very early in the development of all this stuff until somebody gets their hand on the contract, which good luck doing that. We will, uh, we will see. It, it, this The thing about this is that I think it's raising more questions then it's answering candidly. And the other big questions here are, what if you're not Microsoft or Sony? What if you're Nintendo? Because the argument previously was, okay, uh, we're building out a cloud service. We know Microsoft's using Azure, Sony is doing whatever. But now you're not just competing against Microsoft in the cloud. 
you're competing against Microsoft and Sony in the cloud in the same cloud. So if you're Nintendo and you're on the outside just sitting there like, hmm, where should we go? It's like if they go to AWS or something like that and try to build out their own service, yes, they absolutely can do that. But at the same time, they're now competing against the two juggernauts of the industry. That That is a very hard thing to do. Not to mention, rumors of Nintendo working with Microsoft have been up coming up for a while. And we've already seen some Xbox Live integration. I have to wonder if Sony or Nintendo might be joining the fold too. That would be a massive win for Microsoft. But it made more sense, right? We had speculated many times that Nintendo might offload their cloud services entirely to Microsoft because, again, Microsoft understands this better probably than anyone else, especially in the game streaming console experience. So now you have now you have Sony and Microsoft doing it together, which is like, oh my God. And then Nintendo's just sitting out there by itself on an island of its own with its own crappy online service in comparison to everything else. Yes, it is better than it was a couple years ago, but it's still not great. And it's still a very subpar experience compared to what uh, Xbox and PlayStation offer. So the question becomes, when does Sony, or Sony, I keep saying that, when does Nintendo join? But then it, it raises the question even higher. What about EA, right? EA has its own store and its own, it's announced its own streaming service. Keep in mind, guys, that, that Microsoft's cloud streaming service is a white label product at the end of the day. Microsoft will very happily package this thing up and let other companies use it because again, Microsoft makes money in the enterprise and that is how you make money in the enterprise. So what about EA? What about EA? Would they be joining this too? Is, my, is this the beginning of a consortium of companies who are all banding together to build a better streaming service? We don't know yet, but this very well could be the start of something much, much bigger. And we're gonna to have to wait and see this one out. I honestly think the biggest loser in all of this is actually Google, because Google has Stadia, and I clearly have to think that they were courting Sony, very much probably in the same way Microsoft was too, once they learned that you know hey, they're looking to, to outsource some of this stuff. But now Stadia is over there competing against Sony and Microsoft. That's, that's tough, that is tough. And so now all these other companies are looking at it going, hmm, do we want to fight Microsoft and Sony or do we want to see if we can get in on that action and, and make our lives easier? It, this is a significant announcement and a major win for Microsoft from a cloud business and enterprise perspective, also from the ability to keep building out its cloud services. Good to remember, its streaming services now are incentivized by the two major cloud platforms, Sony or the PlayStation and the Xbox. This is so big and such a shift in the way that we were thinking about things, um, not even all that long ago, because Candy Lake, nobody scooped this, not myself, nobody heard this. Uh, and, and if you did hear it, if somebody came to you last week and said, hey, Sony is gonna start using Azure, everyone would have been like, yeah, what are you smoking and give me some please, because that is crazy. But here we are, the two big juggernauts joining forces. And, and I have to wonder too, um, how, how is, there's a lot of talk saying like, oh, now all the PlayStation exclusives are gonna be on Xbox. That is not the case, right? Both of these companies survive or make a living off of their intellectual property, right? The, the halos of the world, the Metal Gear Solid, right? The, the first party IP. And that is not gonna change. And I don't think that's gonna change in any capacity because that would be the death blow to Sony. And that is that is not happening. I, I would be shocked to see if all PlayStation exclusives suddenly showed up on Xbox. That would be, not, you're not gonna see Halo on PlayStation. That again, would be crazy. Although we never really thought Sony would be using Azure. But at the same time, they're, 
infrastructures are not all that different, right? They're both built on, the, we've talked about that. We, the, the underlying components are relatively similar. So it's just a dynamic shift in the way we're thinking about the future of gaming. And it should get everybody excited. I know there's going to be a lot of Sony fanboys and Microsoft fanboys fighting it out, saying you're running on our cloud or whatever. The thing that matters is that this is good for gamers, at least on the surface. It, it looks like micro, the two big companies are coming together to join forces to make a better streaming experience, which is a good thing for everybody who likes games. So I, I'll be curious to see how this one shakes out. Um, Nintendo, if you're, what, what if you're, what, what are you guys doing? Give me a call. Let me know. I'll be very curious. Um, other things here, wrapping it up on the gaming side is that uh, Microsoft pushed out the May 2019 update for Xbox. Now, there's a couple, there's three major things, uh, but I'm going to kind of dig into two of them. First one is the friends list improvement. Your friends list now displays a unique icon next to each friend, indicating which platform they're playing on, Xbox One, Windows, Android, or iOS. This is obviously helpful um, because if you're trying to spam your friend with a friend invite or you're just trying to understand what game they're playing, now you at least know what platform they're on. Also, we it, it's real obvious to see here with streaming, it's going to be super convenient to know like, hey, is my buddy playing on the Xbox? He's actually going to be decent at this game or is he trying to play it from his iPad and he's going to be trash and I don't want him bringing down my KD. At least now we will have a better understanding of uh, some of that. There's also some messaging improvements, not as, not as juicy, but this one is also like, why did it take so long? But thankfully, it's here. Uh, the My Games and Apps improvements, the crucial My Games and App view on the Xbox dashboard will no longer sort things by the letters A and AN and THE. For example, if you're looking for The Witcher, the game, you will now type W for Witcher and it will show up. You don't have to type THE. Like, for whatever reason, it was sorting by, like, THE and AND. So if a game started with that, that's what you had to search by to find it. Not all that smart. But hey, it's fixed. That is, uh, that's a good thing. I believe everyone can go grab that update now, and that is good stuff. So, guys, that's kind of the big highlights of the week. Um, I'm still digesting this Sony and Microsoft stuff, but on the surface, obviously, it's a good thing. And um, it's changing the dynamics of the gaming industry in a pretty significant way. And we're only getting started here. We're going to have to wait and see how this shakes out. And again, it is an agreement, so Sony could walk away at any point, but it looks like this is going to be a long-term deal where these two companies are joined at the hip about cloud streaming, and um, it's about to get real spicy.